Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 102-99 loss to the Boston Celtics. Riker, I know a lot of people are going to be really disappointed in this game, and obviously going down an 0-2 hole, it's not unsurmountable, but it's really unfortunate, especially when you're playing a, a tough Boston Celtics team, who we, we got to give a lot of credit to, have played really well in these first two games, but I'm throwing it out here right at the jump. With all that's gone on, I'm not unconfident in the rest of the series. I, I'm still, I still have a lot of hope, and I still believe the Raptors will be able to win this in six or seven, Riker. Well, that makes one of us, Ben, and that's 50% of this <laughs> podcast. And if you're an optimist, that's, you know, 50% glass half full. So I'll Deep take that. Deep analytics. But Ben, the... <laughs> I, I had to pull out the deep stats in order to really make, you know, put two and two together on that one, Ben. But I didn't think the Raptors had any business losing mm -hmm. this game to go into the fourth of the 10 point lead to let Marcus Smart of all people, 29% uh, three point shooter, hit five threes in a row on you, to not be able to close, Ooh. turnovers and madness. Ben, it, it was a tough pill to swallow this game. The Marcus Smart stuff killed me. Marcus Smart is not a shooter. He's randomly shot 40% this year on pull-up threes, but you know he's not known as a as a three-point. He's a defender. He's a guy that the Celtics Celtics fans usually in the playoffs just get really mad at him because he shoots so many shots. He's only a 35% three-point shooter, 29% in the postseason. I think I think that's this year. So it's it's really unfortunate to see that's that's gonna that twenty nine percent is gonna go up after tonight. But the fact that he was hitting contested threes with with hands in his face, I believe they were all contested after that first one. And Fred Van Vliet just couldn't. We none of us really, no one could really answer him on the other end when the game really mattered. The fact that we lost that duel to Marcus Smart of all people is just really unfortunate. Well, that's gonna be the challenge down the stretch of any close game in this Boston Celtics series because they have such terrific guards. Four terrific perimeter players that have ball-handling ability. Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. They can all put the ball on the floor. They can all shoot. Marcus Smart shouldn't be able to shoot, but he, he shot well tonight, so I'm going to include him in the mix. And the Raptors, you know, normally the ball's going to go through a big guy, but that's not the case with this team. So down the stretch is going to be incredibly tough to close out games if the Raptors are also not scoring and keeping up with it. So they, they need to finish, they need to do their job early, or they need to score. And and that's what's doubly disappointing is that a guy like Marcus Smart not only steps up, but P Pascal Siakam turns the ball over. He's an absolute liability out there in the fourth quarter down the stretch in these clutch minutes. Mr. Kyle Lowry, 0 for 7. Fred Van Vliet, 25% from 3 there was a lot of shortcomings in this game, which was still close, still only a three-point game, for goodness sakes, came down right to the, the last possession. Yeah, and for all the things that you just brought up, Riker, not a lot of that is the Celtics' defense. There's a lot of open shots to be had for this Toronto Raptors team, and I started the podcast opening with, I believe the Raptors will be able to come back and win this one, because if you look at game one, we shot 25% from three, and the Celtics shot 43%, 40, uh, 44, 43.6 to be exact, and tonight, same sort of deal, the Raptors shot 27% from three on 40 attempts, and the Celtics shot, uh, the, yeah, 27%, the Celtics shot 40% on 38, so... That's that's the game right there. The Toronto Raptors are playing phenomenal defense on Boston. Boston's playing solid defense, but 
Boston's just hitting more of those open looks, and that's that's the real difference maker. And if we make just one of those, this game's a tie game. And a lot of them were were just completely open. And I don't know. I I, I just can't see Siakam, Lowry, and Fred all struggling to this extent all at once another time. I just don't see that happening. Those are three main offensive pieces, and you brought up their shooting splits, and I know the Celtics defense is good, and I know Siakam's struggling, and he's about to be completely bashed all over Twitter and stuff, and Lowry with his over 7 shooting, though there's probably memes already made about the new trash bros or something like that, but this team is strong, this team is resilient, and you know, all we just need to see a couple shots go through the rim, and when when the Raptors did look moderately at their level as they did in the the first half and going into the fourth, essentially before Marcus Smart went absolutely El Fuego from three, you know, I the Raptors looked like they would easily handle, easily get this win, despite the fact Tatum had a strong game, despite the fact you know the Celtics they did have a, a slow slow game from. Uh, Kemba Walker, but everyone else played up to their their usual level. So I, I'm I'm still confident in this Raptors team, Riker. Yeah, it's good that you're confident, and I guess to put some logic to the reason that the Raptors might be playing such inconsistently is because last season they started off just as bad in almost every series, dropping those first games, dropping the first two against Milwaukee. But they had Kawhi to steady the team. They had a guy of that personality that could take the ball. Even in tight, clutch, down-the-stretch situations, he would make the right play, the right pass. He wouldn't turn over the ball unnecessarily. Those things is very... They're important. I don't know what the, the proper word I'm looking for. Pivotal, I guess, on a team where... You know, you can lose direction really easily if the the game starts getting out of control. And that's what we saw in the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter. It seemed like the ball was running through Siakam. I thought that that was by far the wrong decision. I was I've I've defended this guy now for 12 games and and I hate <laughs> to bite my words, but I was I just felt uncomfortable every time he touched the ball down the stretch. I thought it would be in much better hands if it was with Kyle Lowry or Fred VanVleet or even Serge Ibaka. But with him, he was he just wasn't playing in a way that you, you would think it's going to result in a good possession. Whether or not it's a score, it could be a miss, but just the right shot or the right pass. I, I just wasn't confident that Siakam was going to do that. And you look to other teams like, why did the Heat just beat the Bucks in that first game? Well, because Jimmy Butler is that guy. Or in this game, Kemba Walker, he's the guy that can steady it and get that step back jumper. So I, I to me, Kyle Lowry needs to be that guy, Ben. And I'd agree. I don't think Kyle Lowry's going to shoot as bad. And I, I think we saw as well, if they're closing out on his three, he had tremendous luck with attacking mm-hmm. the paint, drawing the foul, right? I think Fred Van Vliet could maybe do similar things. OG Ananobi was hitting all of his yeah. shots, you know? So I don't think the ball needs to be forced through Pascal Siakam. And I think that's the adjustment we're going to see made in this game yeah. three. And I think we'll we'll get into the end of the game more so in the segments. But I like that you brought up OG Ananobi. 20 points, 7 rebounds. I watched this game in my OG Ananobi jersey and... You know, we've been I've been on this this mountain, just on this cliff, screaming this the whole bubble, and honestly, for for longer than I probably should have. But OG Ananobi needs the ball, man. He needs the basketball. He's a good dribbler. He he can shoot the three, and he had some really nice takes when he had opportunities to drive on defenders of the likes of Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Those are two of some two of the best on ball defenders in the whole entire NBA, and. OG was was just playing strong. His finishing around the rim is absolutely remarkable. And I don't know. I 
I love seeing an engaged OG Ananobi, and tonight we, we saw that happen. He, he He's performed. He obviously didn't play in the playoff stretch last year, but in his rookie season, he had a really good playoff series against the Wizards, was one of the only guys that played up to par against LeBron James when he ended up sweeping us, and against the Nets, we didn't really need anyone to step up, but in these first two games, OG has looked like the most steady guy, and that's that's goes, goes a lot to say when we have a guy named Steady Freddy on the roster. Yeah, and but I I made the point. I thought OG had the capacity to make one or two games where he's getting fifteen to twenty mm-hmm. points. I I still don't expect him to be able to do that on a night to night basis, just because he he's the fifth option, yeah. and that's how Boston is going to treat him. But you know, if they're able to sag off of Siakam a little bit, or maybe take the pressure off him a little bit, then um, and push it over to OG, it'll open up other guys, or they're going to keep the same game plan because they're feeling confident, and OG's going to have that opportunity to continue to score. But either way, I, I don't think OG is the problem, nor mm-hmm. do I think he is necessarily the solution because we know he's not going to command the ball at the end of the game. He's not going to take that final shot. You know, time, He's not going to be out, the right guy. Time it's it's going to be Kyle out. Lowry or it's going to be Pascal Siakam. Serious question. What would you rather, have a Pascal Siakam isolation at the top of the key or an OG Ananobi isolation at the top of the key to end the game? What what, what are you running with as head coach of the Toronto Raptors right now? Wait, are we on the podcast right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, would I rather Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi? Yeah, running an ISO to win the game. <laughs> Honest, dude, with the, with the example of these last two games, I would be more confident with OG Ananobi to do a spin move. And finish a poster dunk in with contact over three people, then Pascal Siakam take an open layup. No, yeah, I honestly, well, I'm always an OG stand. The podcast people know that. That's a question I'm throwing out to everyone out there. But yeah, no, it's I'm in agreement. He's he could be the the solution to have more of an offensive load, as you brought up, as the fifth option. Obviously, OG is not going to be our running the the offense completely through him, but I do think he needs a few more touches, as you were saying. Yeah, well, I, that was my only point. It was I don't think he's going to win or lose the game for the Toronto Raptors because in the late-game situation, he's not the guy that's going to be getting the ball. He's going to maybe receive it on a kickout. But we need somebody who is more reliable in those last two minutes. And I've hoped over the past 12 games that oh, Siakam would return to being that guy. But if it, if it's not the case, we can't lose four games in a row just because we're so stubborn to want Siakam to be that, that player. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to come from someone else. Yeah. No, that, that, that's for sure, and we'll talk about it more at the close of this game by an obvious sort of segment, but let's look at the bench a little bit because we brought up Norman Powell a little bit. He he really struggled in this one tonight, couldn't get his game going. It, there's there's a couple possessions where he just couldn't catch the ball. I don't think it led to turnovers, but it he, he was past the basketball, and he just fumbled it a lot, and... You know, he only had four points, one assist, one of five from the field. And the only real guy, the only other guy, Norm had the four points, Other only other guy that scored off the bench tonight was Sergi Baca with 17 points, nine rebounds. He's been phenomenal. The ability to shoot the three, he's been an absolute beast. We, we've been raving about Ibaka seemingly the whole late bubble. He struggled a little bit in the early games. But Boucher, TD, Norman Powell, those are the other guys that came off the bench. Really couldn't get their games going. No, Ben... I don't know what what do you think what do you think the solution is because it's it's clear that the rotation has been very tight give heavy minutes to the starters and again we thought this might be exactly the way that it unfolds because we know that the 
the starters, all of those guards mentioned at the beginning for the Boston Celtics are going to run heavy minutes as well. So we're probably going to match them up against the starters. But is the solution maybe to to just put out the bench guys for extended time and, and see what they can do, see if they can build a spark or get some chemistry going out there on the floor? Or, you know, is this series just not for them, Ben? Like, obviously, the statistics don't show much positives for the bench guys, clearly, from, you know, outside. of We're not debating Ibaka right now. Ibaka needs more minutes. He only got 27 minutes tonight. Gasol, this is, really isn't a series, but we'll leave Ibaka to the side for this. But Norman, pa- uh, Norman Powell only got 13 minutes to run tonight. Six minutes for Terrence Davis, nine minutes for Chris Boucher. They were all pretty staggered. They uh, uh, TD and Boucher, I don't know if they got in at, before the first quarter. I don't think they, they touched the floor in the first. So I, I wouldn't mind them to see them scattered. Get get more extended run with the starters. Get them a few touches because we know how much TD and Boucher are really confidence guys. Even Norman Powell. Right, those are players that sort of once they get a rhythm going, they they completely change the flow of your offense. But you have to give them touches, and obviously we don't we're not we never ran any real plays for TD or Boucher. But Norman Powell didn't really come into the game engaged, and I guess you can't play him if he's going to be fumbling the ball everywhere. He had a couple of nice takes in the second half, but Riker, I I think you gotta try because this is our big advantage against the Boston Celtics, the depth. Right, and if TD Boucher are not giving it to you, and we we've been saying that these are the two guys we want to see as our sort of eighth and ninth players to seemingly get minutes, maybe you got to go with the hustle man chap, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I know he can't shoot threes, but he does bring a different sort of speed to the game, a different sort of energy, and might mess up some of the wing wing guys on the Boston Celtics. And I know every every game for this season, people have been screaming and yelling for this. Do you want to sound off a bit on Matt Thomas? Because I'm still sort of undecided on whether he should maybe get a chance or not. No, this has got to be the worst series for Matt Thomas. Because you can hide behind a bad defender with your rotation defense if there's guys that aren't shooters, right? If there's guys that aren't skilled. Because when a guy switches off, you can just have Matt cover that person. Yeah. Yeah, at least one. Did you chime in with something? At least one guy on that team that's an unskilled player. Yeah, exactly. But when they have these four great guards, he's going to get blown by easily because he was getting blown by by the Brooklyn players. Mm-hmm. And that rotation, you you just can't have Marcus all shifting over to somebody like that. Or, you know, even Serge Ibaka for as, as incredible as his defense is for his size. You know, I, I think that it's it's not the series where you can have such a liability on defense. And no matter how good his or how much of a threat he would be on the offensive end. I, I think you need to see your your minute or your minutes given to somebody that can play better or more evenly on both ends. And I, I'm looking at Norman Powell, right? I, I'm looking at maybe a lineup with our two guards, our, our starting backcourt, Norm at the three, maybe OG at the four, and Siakam or uh, Ibaka at the five, something like that. But in, in my opinion... Norman Powell needs more run, and and Matt Thomas has to stay on the bench. But it's not the starters just aren't getting it done. But it's also a hard argument to make because they had the lead going into the fourth, you know. And you're you're not usually going to pay play your bench to close out a game, right? And this game was it it was in the Raptors' hands for majority. Yeah, this game should have been a win. 
but Marcus Smart came out with probably the best shooting performance, best shooting quarter by by far of his career, just knocking down threes. So that that was an unfortunate thing. I guess the one take against that, because I'm on the fence about seeing if Matt Thomas should go. I guess the argument against that would be the Raptors' defense has been great in the series. Obviously, some players are going to go off for the Boston Celtics, which is going to happen, but keeping them to 100 points in this one, and after a r- ridiculous first quarter for Boston, those last three quarters, they were solid defense played by the Raptors, but the offense is really where the Raptors need help right now, and Matt Thomas' shooting would be a positive. So let us know what you guys think on that. Would you rather, Would you like to see Matt Thomas hustle Jeff? Maybe maybe a Stanley Johnson or Paul Watson sighting maybe in the, these games. I don't know. Let us know in the comment section below. But Riker, let's swing into the segments tonight. The spicy pee lay of the day. And there was a lot of positive plays for the Raptors in this one. But the one that's got to go to was the guy that we most raved about in this game. OG Ananobi came down. It was like a little reverse sort of baseline thing. Got pushed out of midair and finished an and one dunk in the paint. He had a lot of nasty jams in this one, Riker. Yeah, and he can just jump from two feet on the ground mm-hmm. so well. Like quick, it's quick, explosive, and to to finish that over Grant Williams with a with contact and a, and a push off, it was uh, very impressive. And he had a few dunks like that this game. Then, yeah, no, most definitely. But not all plays can be the spicy play of the day, and some just make you say, "Oh, geez." And I think we've talked about one of the OGs definitely at, at length in this podcast, the Marcus Smart barrage of threes, but I, I'm going with another one, Riker. Uh, Robert Williams coming in at the start of this game and looking like a prime Shaquille O'Neal for like another four or five minute stretch. What what happens to Robert Williams when he plays against the Toronto Raptors? Because I talked to everyone that watches the Celtics. Obviously, I've watched a few games from them, not against the Raptors, but he's not supposed to be that good, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, they are the defending champs, and it, it feels good to to beat the the king of the hill, but I definitely agree. I I, I mean, to me, he's their, their fourth center. I thought yeah. it went Tice, Cantor. I mean, it's obvious why you're not going to play Cantor. Same reason you're not going to play Matt Thomas in this series. And then Grant Williams, and then Robert Williams, but he's been playing really deservedly in this series. Yeah, no, he, he's been a beast against the Toronto Raptors and pretty well every game we've played against him in the bubble, and he went down with a minor injury. I don't know if that's anything too, too serious, but yeah, he he's we got we got to find a way to stop him, and it's kind of crazy how Marcus Gasol is able to shut down a guy like Joel Embiid, but then Robert Williams, of all people, comes into a game and just in the pick and roll completely decimates us, so that's an interesting thing, but finally the infamous, the one, the only, Damari Carroll Gold Star Award, there will not be any name change until unless the Raptors sort of flip this around, but it, we alluded to it earlier, the end of this game was was just a horrific end, and that's the one thing where I could definitely see people being scared, and this is the one area that I would be nervous going forward throughout the rest of the series, is our ability to close the games, Riker, and you brought it up, Siakam dribbling in the clutch when all the defenses focused on him. They had their best defender, Marcus Smart, switch onto him. We talked about this in the preview. He just completely stripped him, uh, stripped him of the basketball. And then, you know, we got lucky. It went out of bounds off of um, off Smart. And then just steps on the line, steps on the out of bounds line, not having that spatial awareness to at such a critical moment in the game. That's that's a Damari Kill Gold Star worthy moment there. And then, one that probably won't get talked out, talked about as much, Fred Van Vliet 
during the, the end of this one as your point guard, your floor general. Obviously, Lowry's the main floor general, but Fred Van Vliet's supposed to be our next our next point guard looking for that max contract and stuff. And to not have that like space of mind, I'm pretty sure we had a timeout. To not call a timeout and force up a three over Tatum, that, that's a that's a tough moment right there. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. But, no, I, I think it's all on Siakam. And uh, it, I'm not trying to be too overly critical. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't take away from anything that I said over the past 12 games. I still believe that he is a good player. But in this particular game, when somebody's consistently not getting it done down the, excuse me, down the stretch, you can't keep going to him. It needs to come from someone else. And so his execution was just very flawed. And, yeah, Marcus Smart, he is a terrific defender. But when you're a 6'10 power forward is getting shut down by a six, I don't know how tall in Marcus Smart is, but yeah, in the post. So I, I had a lot of concerns and you summed it up perfectly, Ben. If you do have a concern of this Toronto Raptors team, it would be how are they going to close out games? Because they can win against the Boston Celtics, but it'll probably be if they have a sizable lead, if they just mm-hmm. maintain that. I don't know how I don't know how many games in a row they'd win if it came down to yeah scoring in those last two minutes. Say. Yeah, and this is and that that little rant is not to say I'm anti Siakam having the ball down the stretch, but if someone's struggling to really get their game going in their areas and stuff, and I I have confidence Siakam is capable of getting back to that level. Right, I'm not saying I'm sure it's surely going to happen, but you got to go to players that you can trust and. You know, Siakam is trustable when he's focused, engaged, and he's taking... Siakam looks like two different players on any given night. Sometimes he's that all-star starter, and sometimes he's that sort of... Still a good player, but that clear number two option to a to a star. It's... it's There's this duality to Siakam's game, and when that's the case and he's struggling like he is tonight, I think you got to give the ball to Lowry. Even if he's 0 for 7 from 3, he's... He'll make the right decision. That's the thing about Kyle Lowry. Whether he gets it going or not, he had the highest plus minus for the Raptors tonight despite struggling from three. He'll make the right decision. And that's who I feel like you got to go to. Maybe even Fred Van Vliet. OG if he if he's running an ISO. I don't know. That's that's what Riker said. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough one, Ben. But let listen, we, we let's hold any more speculation until the next game. We both agree that you know, I said the series is over it's, if this game two was a blowout, but this was a close game. Arguably, the Raptors could or should have won it, and uh, I think that they're going to come out with a slightly tweaked or improved strategy for game three. I mean, I know they're playing away. They're playing on the road, Ben, but uh, they could still do it. Big question, though. I know we're going long. You still with Raps and six? Uh, no. If anything, seven, but not the Raps and six anymore. You heard it here first. I'm still rocking with Raps and Six. I might have egg on my face or something like that, but that's still my prediction. Let us know what you guys think going in this one. I'm sure it's not going to be the best of things, but Raptors were down 0-2 to the Bucks last year, and uh, I'm more confident. And you and both you and I still were very confident after that 0-2 loss, though that 0-2 series thing. We did have Kawhi, but we'll see how it goes. You're the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. You have any last words, Riker? That's it for me, Ben. Cheers.